Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello. Remember us? My name is Kristen. And I'm Jenny. And we do a podcast. It's really, it's about Buffy. Um, We haven't talked. The Vampire Slayer, not the other one. Uh, Right, right, right. We we haven't talked since like, you know, the Sunnydale High School. I don't know if you remember me from (laughs) Homeroom. (laughs) But now we're in college. But (laughs) here we are at college. Holy crap. We've missed you. It's been six weeks. It's been six weeks. It It feels like six years it really really does uh the passage of time without you has dramatically shifted we hope all of you had a great summer in between high school and college i hope you had a summer i don't care what kind oh wow throw call back throw it back yeah throw back (laughs) uh so here we are in the intro we know that you just want to get through the intro we are in the intro (laughs) that's where we are i'm dropping a pin (laughs) coordinates are intro at intro uh we know we wanted to get into the episode but we have a couple of things that we want to share with you namely um we're in season four of Buffy and that means we're also in season one of Angel oh my god right and for three seasons of Buffy you have all written to us and said uh, what are you going to do when you get to Angel? Uh, do, you, do you guys know that there's a show called Angel? And uh, uh, we'd love to hear you talk about it. Could you talk uh, about Angel? We're going to tell you what we're going to do about Angel. <laughs> yeah. As many of you already know, Brittany Ashley and Laura Zach are joining our family. Right. And they are co-hosting Angel on Top. A little uh, a little throwback there to Amends. Uh, is it Amends? The Hell Christmas yeah. episode? Yeah. Uh, where Joyce asks Buffy if uh, the angel should go on top. Mm-hmm. Get it? I get it. <laughs> anyway, they are beginning an Angel Watch podcast, Angel on Top. It launches next week, May 30th, the very first episode. They're going to take you episode by episode just like we do. We're going to loan them some jingles. Uh, <laughs> the Detective Angel jingle for sure. Uh, one other very, very important jingle. Near and dear to our hearts. Super dear to our hearts. But we won't spoil which one that is just in case some of you are coming into Angel for the first time. Uh, and you may be wondering, but Jenny, Kristen, when I watched Buffy and Angel on television, they have it on the same day. It was 8 o'clock and then 9 o'clock. Was it 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock? I actually don't know if it Legit, was. Legit, I have no idea. <laughs> we'll just say it is. It's, it makes sense. It was, eight, it was 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock. And why why would you be doing Buffy on the 23rd but not Angel until the 30th? What does it all mean? Well, let it, us illuminate. Let us, yes, let us please get you there. Uh, first of all, we are going to be alternating with Angel on top. So we're here today, May 23rd. Happy May 23rd to you. And Angel on top... We'll be May 30th, and we're going to go every other week. And we're doing that for a couple of reasons. One, we know that many of you are able to watch the whole season of Buffy in one sitting. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Ca- you can't keep up with us. But-, but some of you are like, whoa, I've got The Handmaid's Tale. I've got Westworld. I'm catching up on Community. There's lots of manage here. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh-huh. Is it gone? Is it not? It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole thing. 
Anyway, uh, so we wanted to allow for people who wanted to watch and keep up with us to be able to. But also, uh, Jenny and I mentioned a couple of times as uh, we wound out of season three that we were moving through some family stuff, some personal family stuff. And we're still moving through that. And when we were looking at our May 23rd launch date, we knew we either were going to need to come back in a little bit of a lighter fashion or we were going to need to wait until the fall to come back. And we did not want to wait. Uh, we wanted to come back. And so this seemed like the best solution for all things. Um, we also really appreciate all the love that so many of you have sent us, uh, knowing that we're moving through some some hard stuff right now. So yeah, thanks, y'all. So thank you. Thank you to our Scooby gang. Uh, and we hope that you'll be as excited as we are to have this back and forth. I think it's going to be really fun. I'm really excited to hear what Laura and Brittany have to say about Angel. And uh, just so you know, many of you have asked too, what about the crossover episodes? Obviously, we will be partying with some crossover Don't episodes. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, we'll be we'll be getting in on each other's podcasts with uh, some regularity. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if you think I can go without talking about a certain someone on a certain other episode wow. of television, okay. you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. And if you're like, wow, this is great information to have, however, I am a visual learner, please, Jenny and Kristen, then uh, be advised that you can find our release schedule over at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on calendar. And we've got episodes up through the end of the summer right now, so you'll, you can know what to expect when you're expecting to be listening to our podcast <laughs> and also Angel on Top. Yeah, there's a book about that, what to expect when you're expecting. <laughs> it's about uh, Buffy and Angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, also pertaining to Angel. So you can find out like how to subscribe to their feed. You can find out about their Patreon. You can find out about their socials uh, using our website. Just go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash angel and all of that information is laid out for you. Their Patreon page is pretty fun. They're oh writing, uh, you know, we do a song at the end of every episode. Brittany and Laura are writing a poem from the perspective of brooding angel. Yes. Uh, for every episode. No intel whether those those poems will be in English or French. <laughs> oh, or Latin, or Latin. <laughs> Maybe they'll they'll go every third week, you know, right, every right. third episode. I'm sure they're English, up to the French, trilingual Latin. challenge yeah. of writing poetry in all of those languages. Uh, but in addition, if to... I'm putting my, I'm sorry, I want to put yes, five dollars down right now. Laura speaks French, Brittany speaks Latin. Wow, I'm willing well, we'll to find stand out. behind it. We'll find okay. out and let you know. Um, but we wanted to let you know a couple of things. They'll be doing angel watches just like we do Buffy watches. As a matter of fact, um, Jenny and Brittany and Laura all did an angel watch on the 20th, just past us. You can find out all that uh, on their Patreon. And there's a bonus episode that is released also today, May 23rd, over there where Jenny and I sat down with Laura and Brittany. And we talked about the journey of our beloved Detective Angel from seasons one through three of Buffy's. It's all about Angel all the time. All about Angel. And it's for all of their patrons over there. You can access it uh, over there. So bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash angel will get you there. Also, wow, wow, wow. So much happening right now in our store, if that's the kind of thing you're into. Just a quick heads up. Uh, many things which have been out of stock have been restocked. Uh, we've got muscle tanks coming back. We've got a new Just Keep Fighting uh, color variation that's like, this cool Heather Aqua with like yellow print up for pre-order. Oh my God. We also have a Just Keep Fighting tote. It's a whole lot of excitement over there in the shop, which of course you can find by going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and clicking on shop. All of those items should be up sometime today, Wednesday. Uh, if they're not there, uh, right this moment in time when you're listening to the dulcet tones of my voice, uh, they will be soon. So um, just keep an eye out for that. 
Also, 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 oh my God, we are coming to Brooklyn to do a live taping of everybody's favorite episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Beer Bad. It's happening on July 8th, which is a Sunday, and we would love for you to join us. So please feel free to get all of the hot, hot, hot information uh, by going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and clicking on our calendar page. Everything you need to know is right there. Yes. Oh my God. So exciting. Yes. So exciting. So exciting. So exciting. And now let's get in to the very first episode of season four. Wow. In the words of Jenny. Wow. How dare you? You know, how did this become a thing? Everybody says wow. (laughs) Not as much as you. Maybe. podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And my name is Kristen Russo. And this week, as you may have gathered from Jenny's unbridled enthusiasm, we are talking about season four, Ah! episode one, The Freshman. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing and we're discussing it spoiler-free, Jenny. You forgot to say that in your intro. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's okay, sorry, I'm we're sorry. rusty. We're coming back. Yeah, it's yeah, been a, yeah, it's yeah. Been a minute. back into it, loosening yeah, up. Stretch. Old, we're going to yep. take a minute and stretch, so, okay. Uh, the Freshman was written and directed by Joss Whedon, some guy, and originally <laughs> aired on October 5th, 1999. Ooh, we're getting to the end of 99. I wonder what's going to happen. Do you think Y2K is going to yeah, take us all? Yeah, computers will stop working because of <laughs> clocks? <laughs> Uh, this is the one where Buffy feels like a fish out of water in her first. <laughs> I didn't write it. I know. Uh, in her first year at college, but the mysterious disappearance of a fellow student, aka Eddie, puts her back in her element. Wow. Well, thanks, Eddie. Thanks for getting vamped so Buffy could feel better. Uh, yes. Wow. Everybody's always just getting sacrificed so Buffy can have a nice arc. <laughs> you ever notice that? I do. I, I do. I mean, that's how you write a good plot line, you know? I, uh, yes. Have a vampire slayer and then make sure a lot of people die so that she can continue Hooray! on forward. <laughs> so there's a lot to um talk about here. There's so much happening. We're in college. We, yes, we are. We are in college. We are. And you you laugh because you're like, Buffy's in college. But I feel like Jenny, you and I are going to do a lot of talking about us being in college oh, in this episode. Oh, Lord have mercy you on sort me, of, a sinner. You st- <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you sort of can't talk about this episode without reliving your own freshman year, especially yeah. your like entry into freshman year of college. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But let's, let's start at the very beginning, as they say. Who did Buffy's hair in this first scene? Wait, wh- I don't remember what it looked like. What did it look like? How could you not typical? It's like too <laughs> pretty bad at noticing hair. It's two incredible like French braids that like go from the right to the left Ooh. and meet around at the back. Like there's no way that any person is capable of doing that to their own hair. Well, maybe just seek a Nicole. Yeah, just she could probably do it. Well, who was it that was really good at braiding and who was bad at braiding? Willow V. Xander. Uh, Xander. 
Xander was, Xander was really good, good at, it. at it. And, and, and Willow, Willow was, was bad. So you but think Xander's out of town, though. Right. So Xander would have had to do that braid, you know, a couple months Maybe ago. Maybe Oz did it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's like Buffy's hair's all whatever. Willow's got a college cut, you know. Yeah, she's got a college cut. She's wearing. Is that, a... Did you make that noise because you really like Willow's hair? It just looks like a great cut for college. Okay. Um, <laughs> Willow's wearing this hoodie with like a little uh, logo on it that yeah. looks like it says the Mystery Woman, and it kind of looks like a hatless Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. Is um featured, and which I, would be of the time. Do you know anything about it? people yeah let us know buffering the vampire slayer at gmail.com thank you <laughs> so this is like the first there's gonna be a lot of things times in this episode where i'm like uh okay so this reminds me of co- my college experience and this oh, yeah reminds- when you were like hanging out in the graveyard doing yeah. course selection sure exactly after french braiding my own hair uh-huh uh no but like this looking through the courses and being like images of pop culture you just watch commercials in class like yeah i feel like college is i mean as we'll get to later that class winds up being a nightmare but college is pretty exciting for a lot of reasons. But one is that you're taking classes that are really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Fun times. Uh, a lot more autonomy in terms of what you're focusing on. Yeah. And learning about. So exciting. Uh, another thing in this scene that I really liked was that uh, Willow, I think, is like, yeah, it's, it's like five miles away. It's uncharted territory. But to the viewer, we're like, it is uncharted. Like the our map of Sunnydale just like, whoop. Just like got yeah. a little bigger. Which speaking, just to jump ahead for one second, how do you think Buffy got home? Right to Joyce's house? Yeah, would I, you take the bus? I wondered the same thing. I was like, I don't see her have a Five car. Five miles. Five miles is kind of a hike. I mean, um, she just ran. But she does love the bus. We know. We know she yeah, loves yeah, yeah. riding the bus. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, this scene like before we get to the campus really just sets us up for new hairdos, yeah. his college, table uh, setting, and of course that. Buffy's not super on point right now because this vamp that they've been waiting for gets out of his grave and wanders away and they miss the whole thing, which is just, I don't know. I think it's just a little tip of like big life change. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Then we go to the credits, which are different. Couple, uh, couple important things in the credits. The strong feature for the Hellhound early on, which I know you love. <laughs> I do. I love the fucking hell. Four-legged furry scabs. Yeah. So, and also Vamp Willow, or regular Willow in Vamp Willow's clothing. Right. <laughs> the I'm classic the idiom. important part, Jenny. What oh, else is in the credits? God, there's a lot of spike. Is it just me, or is there a lot of spike a lot in the of credits? A peroxide uh, covered vamp in this. Ooh, yes. I wonder what that could mean. And then there's some stuff from episodes that are not episode one that we haven't yes. seen yet that we're not going to talk about until yes, we get there. Yes, Xander squeezing a juice box. Uh, we're not going to talk about it. What? <laughs> I just am saying. I wonder why he's squeezing the juice <laughs> me box. Me too. That's all I'm saying. He's thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> He is thirsty. Wow. So... Okay, moving along. <laughs> <laughs> so I noticed when we were watching just now, the, the very, very first shot of the college campus has this totally random um, vignette. i screech sound effect. Oh, <laughs> Are you done with talking about the credits? What did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? You missed Buffy and Faith dancing oh, to the... What are you talking about? What did you miss? Oh, my, my two God. biggest notes about the credits were fucking bad girls. Do you know what's wild? I have seen that micro scene gift and sent to us 
so many times that it does not register as does new it? information. Because it feels like it's always been there. It's just always... It feels like it was there in season one. It feels like it's under my skin. It feels like it's in my soul. It's the soundtrack to your soul is just the gif of Buffy and Faith <laughs> dancing together. But also, <laughs> one other thing that I want to point out that is almost on par with the sexiness of uh, Buffy and Faith mm. dancing together is Giles and a chainsaw. Now... I don't know why he's going to have a chainsaw, but... But you love Giles with a chainsaw. It's in the credits, and I'm Mm -hmm. fucking here for it. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I'm into it. You know who else is here for it? Who? Kate Leff is probably here. Yeah, I had to put some money down on Kate Leff being here for some stuff. With a chainsaw. And with Giles. (laughs) Really? (laughs) So maybe we can jump right over to Kate. I know you've all missed Kate. And we can go to the fashion watch. Hell, yes. It's time for our friend Kate. Well, welcome back to Buffy Fashion Watch. And yes, Kristen and Jenny, you are right. I'm very happy about that addition to the intro sequence. We're at college. Everything is different. Willow's got new hair. Buffy's wearing mesh and silk and wedges and a puffy-sleeved sundress I'm particularly fond of. Also, shout out to her braids from the cold open, which look really great and super cute. There's so much to comment on here, from Giles' companion Olivia, who I truly wish became a series regular, wearing Giles' shirt, ugh, the dream, to Willow's blossoming love affair with knitted and crocheted sweaters, which we are going to see a lot of. Sorry for the spoiler. Of course, the episode's fashion prize goes to Sunday, who I also wish was a series regular, except for the boring fat jokes, that's whatever. She pulls off an incredible Tracy Lords and Crybaby meets Y2K goth look that is, in my opinion, iconic. I have definitely thought of her when getting dressed more than once in my life. The twisted hair, the chokers, the lace, the leggings, the vamp lipstick, everything about her look is iconic, and I love a blonde goth. It's just a great look. Too bad about all that. I prepared a song for this episode, but unfortunately, my voice isn't in the range, so I thought... I would read to you the lyrics as a spoken word piece. I hope you'll enjoy. In season one, she knew everything. A teenage girl who rarely ever took advice. Now she's been killed, bitten, transported from hell, back and more, but nothing's even close to the first day of school, no. We've seen her irresponsible until there's demons to face. Now it's time to be responsible. College is more than just a new place, and it almost seems Willow can't remember that Buffy's definitely wise in ways that might not apply. Every time I see, I forget how she ignores her friends' common sense, but they're merely freshmen. Her watcher took a summer vacation to forget her, invited a babe to play records, except that Buffy's found that the campus has vampires galore. She's gonna need her friends, but they've dispersed throughout town, I said. 
it's pretty irresponsible to pick on the girl that slays. And Sunday, you're responsible for your own public disgrace. Back in season three, can we not remember? When the Scoobies led a tribe to make sure the mayor died for the life of me, I cannot believe she'd think she'd stand half a chance taking on that freshman. What? I'm an overachiever. I'll see you at the mall. had enough dare you it's just too much who can handle this woman <laughs> eternal question an eternal <laughs> yeah. question jenny kate thank you so much for just wowing us all the time just 100 of the 100 time. wow is 100 of the time jesus h christ that was too much okay yes. let's go to college let's do it so we looked up that the UC Sunnydale campus is UCLA, the exterior, most of the exterior shots. I don't know about all of them, but, okay, okay, okay. Um, you know, certainly the, the main exterior shot. And I think the library is a UCLA library. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway, Same. there's a lot. So this is like a montage. It's not a montage. It's not like a proper montage, but we like in two seconds, we get this woman standing in the square with like, freshmen, if you have this color folder, go here. And if you have this color folder, go here. Then like, there's a bunch of protesters being like, hell no, we won't whatever to like some generalized protest. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh, then there's a, like a line of pledges that go by oh, without yep, shirts yep. on. Then there's somebody who's like, do you want to join this rally? Then somebody's like, do you have Jesus in your life? And then she gets invited to a frat party. And mm. yeah, it's just... Here's here's where the kudos go is to really capturing every element of like this is what I remember going to college being like like walking onto campus and being like being hit by all angles yeah. of all of these elements. There was like a Greek presence on your campus. There, oh yeah. Oh, you know I participated in the. Oh Greek right, element. I forgot how many frat parties you've been to. Yeah, right, I was course. not a part of a sorority, but I was almost a part of a fraternity. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love to go to a frat party in my stretch black pants. With the like flare leg and mm. a little pair of chunky heels Yuck. and a tight tank top, no. drinking some punch till I went home and threw it all Gross. up. College was great. I um, said that sarcastically. I mean, it was. It was great, but also, please, I would never drink a glass of punch from a frat party. You could not pay me enough money mm. to drink whatever the hell was in that punch. Just mm. bad. Speaking of drinking and frat parties um free jello shots for freshman women fuck gross what does that sound like to you jenny uh the patriarchy <laughs> you have gotten a lot better as the seasons have gone on at intro like 
transitioning into the jingle. <laughs> I also want everybody at home to know that normally when we put the jingle in, we don't hear it. Like we're taping and we Jenny just, like, just pause and then I drop the file in and we know what it sounds like so we don't listen to it. But just now, just I now, played it for us so that we could get into the spirit. Yeah, so we we heard it with you for the first time just now for Hell, season four. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that's fucked up and stupid, just like everything within the patriarchy is. Uh, uh, yeah, and and really gross. And don't... Ugh. That's so yeah, bad. but also remember Jello shots. Ew, barely. barely, really barely. God, Jello shots were like such a magnificent and giant part of okay, my. Okay, we didn't have a Greek Greek culture of any oh, kind, right? Because Jenny, school. so Jenny went to SUNY Purchase, and I went to SUNY Binghamton. Yeah, and SUNY Purchase, I think, still doesn't have frats. Although I remember there was like some petitioning to like start a frat, like shortly after I left. But mm-hmm. it's such a fact, or it was such a uh, you know freaky, crunchy art school that right. like I don't think that's the thing yeah Binghamton um, had Binghamton Purchase was a lot is a lot smaller than Binghamton too right Binghamton yeah. was like 10,000 students I would say something. we were like half the size yeah so we had all of the things and I think like uh art kids just <laughs> art kids don't have time to like sit around and make jello shots <laughs> really I feel like that's exactly a thing that an art no kid would... they're, they're like get me drunk faster oh I see like, you know what I mean like no waiting two slayers no waiting <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, there were a lot of jello shots in my life. In college and, and after college, like even after I was out of college, parties would have jello shots. We would make jello shots. So I involved. How many times have I said jello shots since I started talking like about 40. A lot of times, <laughs> I think. Moving along from alcohol in a solid state. Into thrusting and spurting. Yes, can we hear this Willow oh, monologue? God. It's pretty yeah, good. Please. So here's Willow talking about how excited she is about college. It's just in high school, knowledge was pretty much frowned upon. You really had to work to learn anything. But here, the energy, the, the collective intelligence, it's like this force, the, this penetrating force. And, and I can just feel my mind opening up, you know, and letting this place just thrust into and, and spurt knowledge into that sentence ended up in a different place than it started out in. Willow, get a grip. <laughs> Willow's like, short hair, don't care. Thrust, <laughs> yeah. thrust, spurt. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, I mean, let's let's not forget that our Willow has just started having sex. Like she's been right, she right. just started having sex at the end of her senior year, which means guess what her summer was? The summer of fuck? It was the summer of I was not gonna say that, but yes, Jenny. I'm sorry, was it okay? Su- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was the, okay. yeah, it was Willow's summer of fuck. So like, you know, uh-huh. that's what she's got on her mind. Uh, Buffy is confused and lost and turned around. She's overwhelmed. And nobody else really seems to be. like. Yeah, they're just like going with the flow. Oz has been to the campus a million times because it was banned. Right. Willow is just excited to like be able to learn without having to like feel shame about wanting to learn. <laughs> yeah, but Buffy's just like, where is this thing? Where is this other thing? Xander's not around. Right. And they so they go up to the library and that's like this second piece of Buffy's undoing is like right. this isn't, this my, isn't my regular library yeah this it's, one's real big it's, it really is a very big and beautiful library my library was not majestic but it was homey yeah my library at Binghamton I don't even remember it I was recently ta- I was recently talking to a friend of mine who went to college with me and we were trying to remember what the library looked like and could not recall so but you know what I do remember what do you remember the bookstore <laughs> oh yeah so a college bookstore, this is like still within the montage for me. Like your bookstore right, right. was a place. It's like 
First of all, the comment about books being really expensive, super on the nose. What mm-hmm. the fuck, college bookstores? Come and on. just like academic books in general, I have a very big problem with how expensive academic books cost. Prohibitively expensive. Yes, it is, you know? Um, I don't know if you know this, but when Well, things- Kristen, I think only people above a certain, like whose family is above a certain median income should be able to like learn. You're right. And- well, th- that makes sense because it's really only people who are really smart who have money that's so definitely you, how it works you want to mm-hmm. keep the yeah. right of course so just I'm, perpetuate that struggle yes of course gross <laughs> welcome to season four everybody yeah uh, we've turned <laughs> uh speaking of things that uh make me go oh buffy reaches for some books <laughs> knocks them off the shelf into what i wrote down in my notes as beefcake riley beefcake riley it's like somebody left angel out in the sun Non non vampire angel out in the sun for about two long beach summers, <laughs> and out popped. He's fully bleached and tanned, and look at him go. Out popped Riley. So whatever, who knows? This might be Riley's only episode. Who knows? But I will say that I posted something on Twitter about a month, three weeks before the season went live about my opinions on Riley, and um, it might be one of my most viral tweets of all time. <laughs> most viral tweets of all time. <laughs> it has. It had like. 96 comments on it like (laughs) on all platforms there were like hundreds of people weighing in about their feelings about Riley so you know we'll just see what happens so far in this episode all he's done is be like tall and handsome and um nice if not maybe necessarily like uh giving Buffy enough attention sure I will say right off the bat Riley is not my type and I don't mean oh really (laughs) I mean, because he's a beefcake. I just mean, like, I don't know. He's just not, he's very, like, clean cut and, like, polite and, like, whatever. He definitely has flossed every single day of his life. You, I mean, you all know here that, like, one of my favorite characters is Spike. So, yeah, he's definitely the polar <laughs> he's the opposite. opposite of Spike. I, like, I myself am inclined, um, towards hunks yes you do uh, as a matter of fact cakes. i'm sitting right next to a postcard of hunks that you have here in your yeah, studio because i want to be able to look at them all the time and we know how you feel about xander in a speedo it let's we'll get to that later actually <laughs> will we a little bit wow <laughs> uh so uh, yeah riley's totally like a just a innocuous handsome wallpaper yeah i kind of agree and i have negative feelings about that anyway then we go <laughs> to the dorm room and we meet Kathy. Yes, Kathy. So first of all, this is the nicest dorm room I've ever seen in my life. And they do comment on it. Yeah. But like But it's definitely like the friends apartment of dorm rooms. Yes. Like <laughs> I like okay, three times larger than it should be. They have like a full-size fridge, right? Yeah, they have like beautiful desks and like a closet with a door that opens and like a headboard on their bed. Like Unbelievable. My freshman dorm room, I was tripled in a double. So I had two roommates in a space that was designed for two. And by designed for two, I mean designed for like two college students who you don't care about. So you cram them into a space. Right. So it was a bunk, a metal bunk bed and a metal frame with a twin bed in like an L shape in the back of the room. And then there were two shitty, shitty desks and two closets without doors, just like gaping holes and (laughs) two dressers. And that was it. And then we decorated with a trampoline and a a traffic cone because, you know, beautiful, very high taste. Oh, my God. High class taste for my, my dorm room decor. But. It was not, it was like, and SUNY Binghamton is a good school. It's not even like, you know what I mean? Like, SUNY Binghamton is a great school, but 
college dorm rooms just don't look like yeah, this. They I don't, don't look like this at they, all. What did your dorm room look like? Well, okay, so I lived my freshman year I lived off campus. I moved to an off campus apartment with my girlfriend. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> you were dating an older lady. Listen. <laughs> so we moved to an apartment and it was fine. <laughs> And whatever. But when I did move on to campus the next year, we broke up. I moved into like a, a building that had just been built, like additional oh. dorms had just been built. So it was like, I mean, it was like a cement room. <laughs> it was just like a cement yeah. rectangle. Sounds about right. Yeah. Just like functional, but like nothing like this. It was kind of like, um, it had like an orange is the new black feel to it. <laughs> Of the prison feel? Yeah, well, like, just that, like, sort of, like, what do they call it? Camp or something? Like, the particular type of uh, confinement that they're in, where it's sort of, like... Like, beds sort of just, like, in a row. And, yeah, yeah. Like, across from each other in, like, a little two-person block. Yep. But, like, if the walls went all the way up. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Yes, that. So, we meet Kathy, and we get a load of her Kath of aggression. Her Kathy Pat. Wow. Her passive Kath aggression. Kathy aggression <laughs> yeah. is great, Jenny. That's great. Thank uh, you. Yeah, we get a load of her Kath of aggression, and we also get a load of her Celine Dion poster. Let's just take a minute, Jenny. I just think, let's just get us all there for just one second. When the wind was so cold That my body froze in bed If I just listened to it right outside the window French Canada's national sweetheart. Oh, wow. So we have a lot of feelings for Celine Dion in this household. Love Celine Dion. Love Celine Dion. We're Love in the middle of the Dionysance. It's <laughs> fucking real. <laughs> I was going to say, loved Celine Dion in 1999. Love Celine Dion in whatever the hell she's doing right now yeah. in 2018. Uh, but yeah, Kathy, huge fan. And um, <laughs> she says, like, she, what does she say? That she's, she's super fun. She's a super fun girl. <laughs> She's super fun. Though. She just like knows it's going to be super fun. Knows I feel it's gonna like. be and that's when flick. the Celine poster drops. Just classic. So and good. then like there's this scene as they fall asleep where Kathy's making mouth noises. Oh, it's just I mean, going to college is a lot. And you, you have to learn to cohabitate with somebody that you're not like, you know, in a family with or whatever. Right. And so I, I do think that a lot of people suffer from passive aggression. Oh, yeah. And that's college. where you really can foster your passive aggression. Yeah, because you don't have the tools to like say you want you don't know how to talk to somebody in that situation. Yeah. You're actually my my roommate, my sophomore year, the yeah. first time I had a roommate in college. Um, wow. It was like amazing. I would come home and she would be Listening to music, uh -huh. she would have a TV show on. Oh, God. Uh, she would be, like, typing a paper on her computer and, like, just, like, everything that could be happening was happening. And then she would be like, is this bothering you? And I would be like, no. But in my head, I would be like, how could anyone... <laughs> exist coexist no. with everything that's going on right now she also would have a book open like next to her oh my god was, yeah actually i'm like wow was Do wendy think... like a did wendy have powers 
Wendy, are you listening? Are you you're being called out for your actually, I guess you're being called out, Jenny, for your for my inability to communicate right. that like that whatever. like every single thing playing at once was was too much for a me. A little too much. <laughs> so Okay, so we've established having a roommate is hard. Transitioning into college is hard. I yep. mean, did you have a yep. hard time when you got to college? Like, did you did you have a transition? I kind of didn't. You were just fine? I yeah, because you had, like, two cool roommates, and you guys, like, were thick as thieves right away. I was living off campus, so I was kind of, like, deta- like it was hard for me to, yeah. to integrate. Um, I my And also, I was, like, fresh out of high school, so my way of, like, letting somebody know that I thought they were cool, which is something that I did to our friend Bess Rogers a lot, <laughs> is I would, like, walk by her in the hallway and, like, smile at her really sarcastically and give her, like, two middle fingers and be like, <laughs> hi, Bess! And she would be like, Hi! <laughs> And that went on for like a year or two. And then we became best friends and so now we're still best friends. It works. So yeah, the if long you're con. listening out there, if you're a freshman in college, you know, you just take the Jenny route. Don't take the Jenny Get, route. You know, I have to say to you that like you haven't come that far. How from dare you? You still kind of do that. Too. I have become <laughs> such a genuine, warm, sweet Earnest, gentle, you, loving, you are soul. All of those things, but you still definitely smile sarcastically and give middle fingers to people you like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so okay, so we go to um class, American culture class. This hit bag. Yo, here's the thing. I know this guy would be fired. I, I right, but this, would he? In 1999, there were some, I don't know. Well, when I think back on what some professors I had did and didn't get fired for, uh, you know, this pales in comparison. Yeah. But right? that's what I'm saying. Some... But this is like overt. Like, sure. But like, you <laughs> know, a little sexual harassment behind closed doors. I mean, but compared thing... to like in front of 200 people. Fine. But like the thing is, is that I think there are a lot more freshmen in college now that would sit there and be like, I have authority and I have power. Right. And I will tell you what, I do not think a lot of us in 1999, 1998, whatever, were 2000 for Jenny, uh, were, <laughs> were aware of the fact that we had that autonomy. Right. The to... youth are deeply empowered. Yes. The and youth. we it's not that we weren't empowered like at all. It's just that as a freshman, you're like overwhelmed. You don't know, like maybe this is just how college is. And it really takes somebody to say like, hey, you don't have to stand for this to kind of yeah. get that ball rolling. Yeah. College kids now would be like, call out post. Right. Right. But this Absolutely. guy, this guy, a blonde girl, mm. a blonde girl. No, Jenny, no, no. I know we're just starting the season and usually we play the jingle mm. once, but fuck this guy. Okay. Play it again. The Patriarchy. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie... 
in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX. There's so many ways to watch movies these days. Your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets. You will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, this guy sucks. Yeah, he's the worst. Um, and of course, like, as much as Also, he's-, he's like, the point of this class is not to blah. The point of this class is not to blah. The point of this class is not to blah. He says, like, every option of what the point of this class could be. <laughs> then he said, the point of this class is actually... And then you, like, can't hear him talk because Buffy, Buffy's dialogue is, like, louder than his... But, like, there's nothing that he could be saying that would make any sense because he already, like, right. eliminated every possibility. The point of this class is for me to be a horrible asshole <laughs> yeah. for the whole semester. Yes. You all suck. I suck the most. The end. Anyway, then we go, so now Buffy's on her way to psych class, and she's walking with Riley. Who's got his next-to-bottom button buttoned on his button-down yeah, shirt and this, only. This reminded me of what you said about him, that he's like a, a an angel left out in the sun, and oh, also right. an angel who wears an undershirt underneath his shirt. Ooh, so he yeah. still can't figure out the buttons. He's still like, oops. But right. underneath... There's a t-shirt instead right, of a also, bare vampire chest. <laughs> if, Zan- if Xander, oh my God, if the angel had only one button uh, buttoned, it would be like the third one down. Yes. Not the second true. one up. Also, the shirt would be made of silk or velvet. So, Absolutely. You know, there's a couple differences here. A yeah. A little less brooding happening from old Riley. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got from angel. And so like Buffy, who has been totally uncool around Riley, uh, yeah. is like, hi. And he's like. <laughs> Oh, you're Willow's friend. Right. Burn. <laughs> well, because Willow, what we didn't talk about before is that Willow and Riley really had a connection. Right. In the An academic connection. Yes. And Buffy's like, what is this shit? <laughs> academic <laughs> connection? <laughs> I'm blonde. <laughs> also, that. how do you forget the name Buffy? Yeah. Solid point. So here's something you won't forget. Professor Walsh. Wow. She's so intense. You can call me Maggie or you can call me what my TAs call me behind my back that they think I don't know. The evil bitch monster of death. 
That is so extreme. I want to tell you what. Two That's, thumbs up for Maggie out the gates. Yeah, I mean. Like, what, does she have the room bugged or? Yeah. <laughs> I just like, she, I, I think, here's the thing. Taking this episode on its, uh, as face value, like we have this asshole dude professor who's like a blonde girl fucking call out machine. I hate mm-hmm. him. But then we have this female professor, this woman, and she's like strong and she's not She's the kind of bitch I like. You know what I mean? Okay. Like she's right. she's hard she's hard edges and she's like setting expectations very firmly and I feel like listen, if you're a college professor an undergrad professor and you listen, you can let us know if this is true or false. But I feel like probably when you have freshmen coming into your class for the first time they're right out of high school, probably one of the best tactics to take is to be like I don't take shit. This is what I expect from you and whatever because it is hard to be a freshman. You kind of don't you're used to a lot of structure. You now have like very little structure structure so I'm just like just saying Maggie I like I like you so far the only thing that she says that I don't like is if you're looking to coast take geology 101 that's where the football players are rude 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 some football players are also academically inclined you know what and we're not going to play the jingle a third damn time but you know what that's a product of Jenny well it's just little men men uh, being victimized by the patriarchy I mean listen it happens that shit happens Okay, so guess what time it is. Ah, guess what time it is. From the sound of you, it's like faith must be arriving, but I know that doesn't happen. It's the other faith. The other faith. Go on. It's Eddie, a.k.a. Pedro Pascal. A.k.a. Oberyn Martell, the Viper of Dorne. Holy fuck. Here he is at 24 years old, looking so cute and sweet. (laughs) And also, like, not very far off from how he looks now at the age of, like, 43 or whatever. No. Oh, he's so cute. He, I love him. He is so cute. I can't, I really can't get behind you calling him the other faith. Though. I mean. I think that's taking Think a about little... Oberyn Martell for, like, two seconds. Yeah, great. I'm sorry. Not the Hell other yeah. faith. <laughs> Bisexual icon. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. You make a solid <laughs> case. So we learn that Eddie, Eddie and Buffy have a really nice exchange here. They're, like, he's the first person that's, like, kind of on her level lost at can't lost at right. campus and, yeah yeah you know and they talk about their security blankets he oh my god <laughs> yes jenny <laughs> he's like of human bondage and she's like i'm not really into porn <laughs> i know which i kind of was into i was like buffy like really held her own thinking this guy was like oh this this like porn book and she was like you know i'm not i'm not into it man but like a plus for you i love it she was really sex positive in that moment mm-hmm. and i liked it um, but right, of human bondage is just a, it's the book. It's ranked number sixty six among the hundred top American classics. I don't even know. I, I'm making up uh-huh, things, uh-huh, but it's. A, uh-huh. I looked it up and I thought I would find like a plot line where like a person, person gets fell turned... asleep reading. I did. <laughs> I literally. I was bored reading. It's like my a man has a journey. Uh, so then, sweet old Eddie turns the corner, parts. And he's ways. looking like oh, he's like oh, I really like that girl. Yes, and she really likes him. So cute. Ah. But, oh, no, he has to die. Sorry. He has to die because welcome to Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you what. I like a lot of, like, different Monster of the Weeks. Uh, yeah, uh-huh, they're, uh-huh. they're great. I'm going to say that Sunday might be one of my favorites because I find her very attractive. Sunday is my type. Wow. Especially, especially my 1999 type. Sure. Like, way. Also, for those of you who are super gay or just like good movies, you may know that the actress playing Sunday, Catherine Town, is also in But I'm a Cheerleader. She plays the character who has like the dark, dark black hair and the mm-hmm. like dark eyeliner, mm-hmm. who's also one of my favorites. 
So just like, I love her. I tried to get us an interview with her, but it didn't pan out. But like, if you're out there, Catherine, listening, love you. I love you as Sunday, et cetera, et cetera. Before we get to talking about all of Sunday's shenanigans, which I love so much, uh, let's just hear about a couple of our sponsors. Okay. Okay. So they take everything out of Eddie's room, including a really like a boom box that I had where like the speakers hook onto the sides of the fucking, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh Uh, they, They take all of Eddie's shit out of his room and Buffy putting on a detective cap because we are missing who, Jenny? Who's not in this episode? Our true detective. Detective Yes, yes, we're missing our Detective Angel, though perhaps tune in to next week's episode of Angel on Top, where we'll get <laughs> a whole faceful of Detective Angel. Faceful? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Anyway, Buffy, no trench coat for yeah, Buffy, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, no little black beanie for her, no glasses, but she's like, I don't see him in class, I'm going to go to his room. Right. Mm, all of his things are gone, there's a note here, this is weird, but then his security blanket of human bondage is still in the drawer. Also this RA fucker with his clipboard, right? I don't know, the weak ones get <laughs> weeded out. <laughs> I mean, he is correct. The weak ones do get weeded out. It's just they it's get just by vampires. By vampires, sure. So we go into the vampire den. Yo, yeah. Can I talk about my favorite thing, please? The Monet versus Klimt. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> did you have a Monet or a Klimt? I did not. I had a Van Gogh. Oh, right. Isn't that Starry Night? Uh huh. Yeah. And which, which, like, I, uh, this is so on point. Like, everybody, my first girlfriend had a Klimt, the kiss. Really? Yeah, Brandy. Wow. Brandy rocked out with the Klimt. Um, and I definitely had people who had the Monet stuff as well, but there were a lot of Starry Nights. Wow. This you, is wild. Maybe they just sold it in the bookstore or whatever. Yeah, they sold it. Like, and, like, at Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, they would yeah, sell yeah. Them pre-framed. My, I think I had a Kandinsky. Oh, oh, excuse us. Excuse <laughs> us. I'm so sorry. And then, which like just like came from IKEA or something, and I was like, art. But <laughs> but the the piece of like you know sort of like classical art that I had that I like actually had a real connection to. Yeah, was a print of the uh this like massive like eight by eight Joan of Arc painting that's Ooh. on at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Oh wow. The artist's name is escaping me, but it's probably French. Uh huh. And it's very beautiful. But then that's nice. That's pretty gay of you too, Jenny. Well, it was yeah, Joan of Arc, and then like a lot of like Britney Spears, yes. Christina Aguilera, yes. and Avril Lavigne posters. Yes. <laughs> so, so my we're gonna go there. Let's go there. Let's do uh, it. Because so, Starry Night came later for me. I didn't have it as a freshman. I did have it later on. Um, my freshman year wall, my roommates called the Wall of Girl, and oh my god, it was literally a wall covered in girls. There was a picture of Liv Tyler smoking a cigar. Oh, there was my a god. giant poster of Tori Amos the one where she's wearing like a ringer tee and it's like there's like bright greens and reds in it do you know what I'm talking about that poster of it's like a it's like a Johnson and Johnson t-shirt or like some like I don't know. Mm, that you know sounds I mean? familiar. Yes. Then I had a giant poster of Ani DeFranco. Okay. Um, I had a giant poster of Rent. So there were <laughs> there were more than just girls on that. Oh, wow. But um, yeah, and then I had 
a lot of smaller pictures of like girls that I didn't know who they were. They were just like girls I liked. And I want everybody to know that I did not come out for several months into college. It took mm. me it took me a couple of months. So the, the, I really think I left enough clues. On yeah, clear. My wall. Like Angel, Detective Angel could have put it together. Yeah, probably. even Detective Angel could have put that <laughs> one together. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, just in the interest of credit where credit is due, the uh, painter who is responsible for that Joan of Arc painting. Mm, well, if uh, I was a person who didn't speak French, I would say Jules Bastien Lepage, but it's probably like Bastien Lepage or some shit. <laughs> I don't know. Something French. <laughs> uh, so there's some fat shaming that happens in this scene and in a later oh scene. Oh, God. Right? Why? There's this scene. It's Sunday. Um, totally fat shaming this other vampire. And then later it's Buffy up on the window thing being like, she's never going to fit into those pants with those hips. Fuck that. Yeah. Come on, everybody. I mean, authentic to the 90s and also now this certainly is a thing that happens. But like, come on, responsible showrunners. Let's not fucking do this shit for no reason. Thanks. Uh, you know what we can do for no reason? What can we do for no reason? Olivia! Oh, you're right. You're right. We can all do Olivia for no reason. No, I mean, <laughs> we can just talk. I mean, yes. it all came out wrong. I just love her. <laughs> so, and I love fucking Bachelor Pad Giles. This is amazing. This is setting a tone. Like, I know <laughs> yeah. I know, we don't get ahead of ourselves too much in the series, but I just want to say this is really setting a tone. Yeah, what's we, up with Giles? Giles doesn't have the library anymore. And... <laughs> <laughs> He's spending a lot of time at his house, and the first bit we get of him. Yeah, okay, so Buffy just strolls in, and Olivia is there in ostensibly Giles' shirt, except mm. it's not big enough to be Giles' shirt, but right. it's not small enough to be Olivia's shirt. Yeah, I feel like they made a bad call, the costumers. Well, on that. I think that's just what they do, like when, oh my God, remember when Angel gave Buffy, quote, his jacket, jacket end yeah. quote. Like, they just have to, like, make it look look not stupid. But, you know, she'd be swimming uh, in it. I'm sorry, but do, like, a fucking lady in a giant button-down shirt is so sexy. Okay, I'm not here to argue <laughs> with you about that, Um, but I am here to argue with the idea of, like, what maybe somebody doing wardrobe would think or, like, Fine. what they're, you know, okay, whatever. So... Then Giles rolls around the corner in his bathrobe in that's, his... like, made of, like, velour or something. Seriously. He's, like, vi a fucking vinyl record is playing. He's in his robe, and he's, like, sharing a glass of whiskey scotch, or yeah. scotch. It's definitely right. scotch. Oh, I'm sorry. But it's Giles, so it's scotch. Yeah. Uh, with Olivia. This is great. This is... Okay, so... It's super sick when she's do you think, like, do you think before when you weren't Hugh Hefner. Do you think that Joyce is jealous? Do you think if Joyce knew she would be jealous? Joyce is too busy like taking inventory of the gal. They'll never, they, they never had a real chance. Oh. <gasps> wow. No, I mean, I love them both, but they're not right for each other. Why not? Well, I think Giles has like uh, inherent like ripper qualities right. to him. And I think Joyce is like too pure. So you're saying that are you saying that the that that Joyce and uh Giles got were good together when they were in high school because Joyce was more carefree. Ooh, yeah. And and now Joyce I is I mean they're like, both responsible adults now, but like I just feel like it never would have worked. Okay. All right, fine. Oh, Olivia, it's working for Olivia. It's and listen, this pairing Ideal. Couldn't pass through town without looking up old Ripper, she says to a mortified <laughs> Buffy. <laughs> to a mortified. Okay, so so there's, I just want to like pull this apart for one second. Um, a lot of like uh, ageism happening here. Yeah. But 
like I but feel also, like the line is blurry between like your parents having sex and which is essentially what's going on here right. and like ageism. Totally. Like nobody wants to think about their parents having sex and maybe that's a product of our sort of like puritanical western society whatever right. the fuck but like yeah, I still but don't want to like, think about it. Generally speaking, because you're right, like this is totally ageist when Buffy's like, you're very old and it's gross. <laughs> but like even beyond it being your dad or your parent, like when you're when you're 16, 17, 18 and you're like just starting to have sex for the first time, it really is You think like, you have discovered it. Yes. Like, and you really <laughs> look what I invented. <laughs> you cannot imagine older people doing the things you're doing. Like, you can't. So They wouldn't get it. I know that is ageist, but it is also, there's something a little more to it. There's a little more texture to right, it than right. just flat-out ageism. Um, and, and the important part of this scene, I mean, sorry, the second important part of this scene, because Olivia and Giles is very important, uh, is that, you know, Buffy's like, Giles, I need your help. And Giles is like, you have to do this on your own. And we find out later, of course, that he's doing this intentionally. He's trying to teach her self-reliance. Right, right. But, like, what it does is just, like, further, uh, you know, intensify her feelings of, like, uh, being a fish out of water yeah. and like not knowing what the hell to do with herself or how to like, how, like who she is anymore in this like new context totally. without like her people. Totally. So she leaves dejected. She goes back to campus and all of her shit is out of her room. Right. Right. And then she's like out in the grass and she's like, isn't that the Viper of Dorn? <laughs> In that windbreaker. Uh, and she's like, of course, because this is Buffy's like ongoing narrative is she makes a connection and then that person dies or turns into a vampire or both. <clears> and <throat> she's like, fuck. And then <laughs> she stakes Eddie. And In behind- record, record time. Yes. And behind her stands Sunday like in this stance that if you missed it, go back to it. Because she's like standing up above Buffy and like her hand is on her hip and she is just... As sassy as sassy can be. That's all I'm going to say. You guys, I know this isn't what we're talking about anymore, but Oberyn Martell is nicknamed the Red Viper, and I just want to correct oh. retroactively myself. God, sorry. If Joanna Robinson is listening. Don't listen, Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they fight. You know, Sunday distracts Buffy by saying her outfit is stupid because that's what this whole episode is. It's just people calling each other fat and telling them their clothes aren't good enough. College! Hooray! Um, and Buffy runs away with a injured arm. Um, and she even falls. It's like very, uh, very yeah. horror, blonde girl horror She's, movie. She's, and we've talked, like, so I think one of the first episodes where we talked about this was the puppet show in season one where we're used to seeing Buffy in control of herself. and <laughs> But when there is... But when there is a... An d- animated fucking <laughs> ventriloquist dummy. Right. Or college. Right. Uh, the two great terrors of life. Yes. Or heartbreak. Um, those are the ways so far we've, we've really lost Buffy. You and either run or you put on your overalls of sadness. Yeah. Maybe she's running to her overalls of sadness. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, Sunday ends this scene with a great freshman line. Oh, God. <laughs> So then we go to mom's house. Mom. Which Mm. really is important for two reasons. Okay. Go ahead, Jenny. No, please. Please. I was just going to say, so one is her room is full of crates. Bobby doesn't belong anywhere. Did you? Okay. So your room, when you went to college, how long did it stay your room for? I think it stayed my room. You're like, it's still there. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think... I think because I would go home for the summers, mm-hmm. 
And I think it just stayed in my room. But maybe, like, they redecorated it, repainted it. I don't really remember. I think I kept my room for freshman and sophomore year. And I think then I moved to New York City and my parents were like, okay. And I think my sister moved into my room and they turned the other room into the guest room. Um, And that was it for me. No room (laughs) for Kristen. Uh, But that's a traumatic thing when your room is gone. Yeah. It's wild. And you know you're really out there. You're You're really on your own. Yeah. I think, like... The thing about watching The Family Stone every Christmas that, like, makes me the most, like, ah, is that, like, they all still have, all these adult children each have their individual rooms, like, just as they left them. Yeah. It is nice. I'd still love to have a room at my house. Right? Yeah. With, like, all my old tchotchkes in it. Yeah, a little time capsule. Yeah. Um, The other important thing in this scene, well, I don't know, actually, if it's important. It seems important, is that the phone rings. It's interesting. She picks up the phone and there's nobody there. There's nobody there. I don't know. Never, hmm, what could uh, that yeah. be? I just, let's put a pin in it. Yeah, let's just okay. come back to that if it ever becomes relevant. Now, off to the bronze. <laughs> we go to the bronze and who's singing, Jenny? Oh, uh, that's Angie Hart, of course, uh, formerly of Frente. Currently in this iteration is her new band, Splendid. I love Frente so much. I also love Frente so much. Yes. And there's an angel lookalike at the bar. Kath, the, that's the credits. He's credited in the in the IMDb listing as angel lookalike. Oh, the guy? Yeah. David Boreanaz is actually the first shot. Really? He's uncredited. That's the side of his face. And then when you see when, oh, when wow. you see the second look, when he turns his face more, it's a different guy. I didn't realize that. How about that shit? Pretty cool. Um, speaking of men that Jenny may or may not be attracted to. <laughs> what? Who else is at the bronze, Jenny? Well, it's Xander. And you know, <laughs> you know that like shit has got to be going poorly for Buffy when I'm like, I'm so happy to see Xander. No, you know what? I no, it's same, sweet. It's sweet. I had the same moment and thought like, you know, we, we obviously have a lot of things that we say about Xander, but we're in season four and like Xander's been with us since season one. And for all of his shortcomings, Xander is one of the fucking gang and it's good to see him. It's good to see him. Good it's to really, be back, Xander. Yeah. Welcome back, buddy. Especially because he's got a hot, hot male strippers untold story that yeah. allows my mind to run wild thinking thoughts about his Speedo <laughs> and uh, dollar bills in the waistband, as he mentions later. Yes. We also get a little bit of um, information about what happened when Xander got home, which was that he has been forced to move to the basement and pay rent, which Mm. is, you know, we've gathered little bits of Xander's home life, and this is just another one to add to the stack that, like, speaking of losing your room, like, not only did he lose his room, but he has to pay rent. He literally just graduated from high school. So that's shitty. Yeah. But then he makes Buffy feel so much better. He does, and this is, like, maybe arguably... Xander's superpower is that when his more powerful friends and allies are faltering and having weak moments, he is almost always the person to lift them up and make them remember how powerful they are. Totally. And he, I mean, he has some, some big lines here. First of all, I do enjoy him saying that she looks like she has cancer of the puppy. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. But then he goes on his whole, like, hate leads to anger, whatever. Yeah. And Buffy makes this, like, Dadaism joke, which is, like, <laughs> so out of character. Like, earlier in the episode, she was like, I don't want to take a class about the novel because reading books. I know. And then she's like, Dadaism. I feel so abstract. This is, uh, it reminds me of our conversation from the Zeppo about the writer's room. When you can hear, when you can really right, just draw right. a line to where the writers are. Yeah, a writer's fin has poked up out of the water yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> but xander has this line first he says you know you're buffy and then he says like you know whenever i'm 
really losing it and I'm really struggling, I think to myself, what would Buffy do? Um, and he's and like, you're my hero. Really nice. And we all get this like wonderful moment with Xander that he follows with. Although sometimes I think, what is Buffy wearing? And I wrote, come no. on, man. Dude. Come on. We had this beautiful moment with you. But why you got to do that? Xander is as Xander does, you know, so uh. can't just shake all the Xander off in one fell swoop. 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 <clears throat> Uh, so anyway, Xander is like, there's a vampire? Let's fucking go for it. Let's get so this nice. shit. Yes, and so Somebody's they, still on the team. Yeah, so they go off and they break into what we've decided is an admin building. Yeah, it looks like the registration office or something. <laughs> and they're like, clickety, clickety, clack. Yep, back to Detective Buffy. Um, 1982, key fact. And Xander has like all of these newspapers. And right, crack right. the case. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, you know how they always like store newspapers in the uh, registration it, yeah, office. what? So they they figure out where this vamp den is mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they go over to it and they're, you know, Buffy's in the window and she's like, that's my stuff. And Xander goes off to find the gang. And then, of course, <sighs> why oh. would you keep hanging out on the skylight? I mean, you can of tell. A condemned building. You can tell just by looking at her on that window that it's going to fall. Like, yeah. there's no. Why would you put your whole body on a pane of glass? <sighs> You I really me. don't know. I can't tell you because I don't so know. So she goes crashing through. And luckily, it seems like that window is made of safety glass because there are no sharp pieces. Thank heavens. Thank God. <laughs> and then Buffy starts to fight, kind of, but it's not looking good. It's she, her arm, she falls on the bad arm. She sort of says, like, you made one mistake. And Sunday's like, what's that? And she's like, I'm not well, sure. Statistically, people usually make at least one mistake. <laughs> yeah. Xander gets back to the rest of the Scoobies, hasn't seen them. Right, I, right Really, right. the only important thing, I think, in this scene is uh, Xander saying to Oz, do we hug? And Oz saying, I think we're too masculine for that. Yeah, too manly. It's too manly. It's, it's cute, because you can tell they're calling each other out for not being, quote, manly. <laughs> yeah. Cute boys, so I'm saying. Cute boys being boys. Kathy is like, does Buffy have a history of, like, mental distress or something? Because I specifically requested a stable a mom. stable, over. yeah. So I don't think you can request somebody's, uh, stable? somebody's mental health in your no, no, request, no, 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 no. Kathy. But anyway, back to the vamp den. Sunday steps on the class protector award. Yes. And no. And no. And this activates Buffy. So activated. And I'll tell you what. I'm, we're sitting in the studio right now looking at our class protector award. Hell yes. And I will tell you, if anybody stepped on that, I would also <laughs> kick their ass. I would undislocate my arm and then punch them in the face Fuck with it. yes. Oh, remember that time that Faith relocated her own arm? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Cool. Fuck yeah. She used Xander's body to do it. Yep. Great Hell talk. yeah. Anyway, so this is the best inc- use of Xander's body. <laughs> 2018. <laughs> so this is an incredible fight scene, I think. Between, so great. Really. Sunday and also the, and the scene earlier, like before Buffy ran away, was also great. Like watching like Sunday kick Buffy like up the hood and windshield of a car pretty tight yeah they're they must be getting a bigger budget for their um fight choreography yeah fight choreography and stunt people are getting better meals you know they're all ready (laughs) to work i don't know just making stuff up guys um but yeah buffy's fighting with a tennis racket and then we get the most gift this this is the most gift moment in the series i think Unless the most gift moment in the no, series is that's... Faith breathing on the window and drawing a heart with a stake through it, or if the most gift that... moment is Faith and Buffy dancing at that... the bones. Those are the most gift moments if you're queer. Oh. But if you're just a person. Just a regular person. Yeah, if you're just a regular person, if you're uh, non-queer, I think that the 
the rotation of the steak. Uh-huh. That's like when you type Buffy into Twitter gifts. That's oh, the first one. Hell yeah. You know, that it's it's a very famous gif. So also we're always made fun of for how much we talk about gifts on the Are we? I'll show you Joanna Robinson in particular. How dare you, Joanna like, Robinson? You guys talk about gifts so much. Um, it's weird to talk about gifts, a a purely visual medium. Right. On a podcast. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, so Sunday gets staked, and this is important mostly because of how she is standing when she gets staked. She has, <laughs> she literally just has both of her hands on her hips, and then she turns to dust. Love you, Sunday. Your fave. I I mean, listen. Yeah. Got a thing for a goth girl. What can I say? I know. So they're leaving. They have all Buffy's stuff that they're carrying, and who should show up? But work dad. Work dad with all of his weapons gathered <laughs> in a rush. <laughs> I know I was trying to teach you self-reliance, but I'm it's terrible and I love you and I can't stand to think that you might be hurting or feeling neglected in any way. Buffy, I love you. You are the perfect work daughter. How can I help? Yes. And Buffy's like, cool. And they Thanks, all like dad. they all like blow by him and then he's like, the evil is this way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a very cute ending. And obviously I think the the biggest arc is that Buffy started solo, but by the end of the episode, the gang is back together again. Right. Like everybody is I mean I feel like Missing. they do this with the first episode of like every season. They kind of like have their Yes. They've they've spread and then they kind of like come back together. But this feels really significant because it's like a major shift from high school to college and right. everybody is like not everybody's having the same experience like uh giles is now unemployed and he's not a watcher official in right. an official capacity anymore xander isn't going to college mm-hmm. buffy and willow are going to college oz is also going to college but he like stayed back a year but he also like has played on campus a lot so he's like very yeah. like he has like a good foundation for being there yeah and you know who we're missing jenny we're missing a scooby um and we didn't talk about it at the end of the season Last season, I don't think, but we're missing. Where's Cordelia? We're missing Cordelia. So I don't know if she's going to turn up, but maybe she will. Maybe she won't. You should listen to next week's episode of Angel on Top. But for now, we're going to play Cordelia's Jingle because we miss her. We miss her. Cordelia, I really hope we see you somewhere. Maybe you maybe you move to Los Angeles. I don't know. Anything is possible. Anything's possible. Wonder what's up with our Cordy. So uh, Xander yeah. and Buffy like have like a nice little they tie the bow on their conversation. Xander's like, so college isn't so scary after all. And Buffy's like, yeah, at least I it's like high school. At least I know what to expect. And then And then Oh my gosh, the vampire that ran away is like on campus, but then what? He gets shot with some like taser business and Yeah, and his like what? Who right comes out of the woods? Sorry. <laughs> Oh, no, please go, please. What? Who comes out of the the trees, the shrubbery? Uh, but three guys in, like, military outfits yeah. with, like, ski masks on? Yeah, and some crazy guns. So I don't know what that's all about. Maybe we'll never see them again. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Cool. Well, we're rounding the bend, and you might be thinking, ladies, no, 
You've forgotten something. You've forgotten the Sexual Tension Award. Right. Well, we haven't forgotten it. But as we mentioned in season three, we decided we were going to make this a little bit more democratic. Taking it to the people. Taking it to the people this season. So Jenny and I have narrowed our contenders down to four choices. So we're going to tell you who our four choices are. And then you are going to see on Twitter the day this episode airs. This is going to go up on Twitter. And you're going to vote and you will decide who the winner is. And then next episode, we'll tell you who won and so on and so forth into season four and beyond. Yes, yes, yes. Who are this week's contenders? And the four contenders for this week's Sexual Attention Award are... Giles and Olivia. Hell yes. Buffy and Sunday. Xander and the Fabulous Ladies Nightclub. And Monet and Klimt. (laughs) I hope Monet and Klimt take it. (laughs) Yeah, Jenny Jenny really came up with most of those. Jenny's very good at uh, coming up with the (laughs) sexual attention nominees. So uh, once again, today, the day that the episode goes up, is your chance to vote on Twitter. Follow us at BufferingCast and you'll see the tweet. It's a poll. And you can click there to vote. And uh, we'll let you know who won when we come back with episode two. Friendly reminder, as we mentioned up at the top of the episode, we will be going every other week with Angel. Uh, Angel on Top launches May 30th. That's next Wednesday. Ah! Ah! What's going to happen? What is Angel doing? Cannot wait to find out. Probably and brooding. Probably, probably brooding. Um, Definitely detective Getting work. some blood from the butcher. <laughs> uh, oh, steaming his duster. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought you were going to say steaming his silk shirts. And I was like, steaming. can you steam a silk shirt? That doesn't seem good for the I mean, silk. Unclear. So, re-sewing on buttons that have just erroneously popped off. Oops. <laughs> He's, yeah, he's always got a thimble on one finger. Uh, and then we'll be back with Living Conditions, an episode we're very, very excited to talk about <laughs> on June 6th. Uh, we will miss you, but I think I think we all have a lot of work to do. We have two series to watch now. It's, yep, it's yep, a whole yep, situation. Yep, yep. Uh, we're all very excited about it, and we hope that you are too. Yes. And hey, everybody. Welcome to college. Yeah. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not watching Buffy and making podcasts with Kristen. I am making songs, hot, hot jams. You can hear some of them at jennyowenyoungs.com slash buffering. You can always give me a shout on Twitter at Gmail. Nope. At Gmail? You can give me a shout on Twitter at Gmail. I haven't podcasted in some time. You can give me a shout on Twitter at jennyowenyoungs. I am Kristen Russo. You can find out more about me and the work that I do with LGBTQ communities uh, with Everyone is Gay and My Kid is Gay. You can learn all about those things on my website at kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Jenny just mouthed my initials while shaking her head and rolling her eyes at me. I know like this song kind of by heart. Like teenage child. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> anyway, kristinnoline.com. You can also find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, etc. at Kristen Nolene. You can find me on Instagram too at Jenny Owen Young. Okay. <laughs> Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BufferingCast. And you can always email us at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. 
You can support us and the work that we do in a few ways. So many of you already have done these things or doing them probably right now as I'm talking. You can go on over to iTunes and leave us a good review. That helps people find our podcast, which is really awesome because our community keeps getting bigger and bigger. As a matter of fact, Jenny, something that we didn't mention Mm -hmm. is that during our break, two really big things happened. Time put out an article of their top 100 (gasps) podcasts. And we were top 50. It was top 50? That's right. Oh my gosh, I keep saying 100. I'm really doing us a disservice. Cut that in half, girl. Well, uh, Time put out a, a list of their top 50 podcasts of 2018 and we were on it. What? And then a few weeks later, Esquire put out a list of their top 10 podcasts of 2018 and we were on it. Yeah, I greased a few palms at some major media corporations. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say it. Got us on some lists. Oh no, the truth of it is that you all are wonderful and you're supporting us and you're speaking about your support in ways on social media and what have you and people are finding out about us. It's really exciting because I I, I think as everybody who's listening to this podcast knows, like we're talking about Buffy, but we're also building a really supportive community of people who are like, fuck the patriarchy, fuck homophobia, fuck transphobia, like, you know, a community that says fuck a lot, which I think is great. Hell yeah. Uh, so thank you. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so thank you all for your support in these ways. And this is why it's important. Like those reviews, they help people find us. And then all of a sudden we're on a list and then more people find us. It's great. Uh, and also you can support us by going over to Patreon. Patreon is a place where you can pledge a dollar or $5 or $10 a month and you get really fun things in exchange like the mp3s of our songs in advance our buffy watches admission into our secret facebook group all sorts of fun things uh and a bonus mailbag episodes which you those of you who pledge at the ten dollar level got a fun episode just about a week ago so that is all fun and then of course if you'd like to outfit yourself in all of our uh, apparel, you can do that. You can just go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and click on shop. And yes. that is another way of supporting us. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, by the way, you can find our Patreon also on our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on Patreon. We've made it pretty easy. Yes. <laughs> so those are ways. Uh, one more way you could s- support us is by uh, handcrafting meticulously a... Uh, ornamental parasol and then um, using a little wood burning tool to burn Jenny and Kristen class protectors into the a little wood plate that you then affix to the ornamental parasol and then you could time travel back to prom mm-hmm. and give it to wait you guys already did you this you did that thank you oh, I'm you just don't... staring at it and getting kind of like choked up if you don't know what Jenny's referring to when we had our prom back in March uh, a wonderful a gaggle of group, you a, a wonderful core group of our Scoobies uh, presented us with our very own class protector award and it was really nice yeah so those are some ways you can support us <laughs> and so far, no mean hot vampires have stepped on it. In yeah, front of us. we've been watching it very closely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that about does it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. And till next time. College. supposed to be like this you know i used to be a real big fish never thought that i would miss being in high school nothing really feels the same wasn't ready for this change but no one else's even face feels so uncool all my friends are blending in wish i was adapting but my socializing hours are just chock full of undead men Wish I didn't
didn't have to feel like such a freshman Soon as I made one nice friend Campus vamps they fed on him Seems a Slayer just can't win for losing Can't believe they cornered me Escaped them very narrowly Did anybody see where my moves went? Back in town again, sending summer stripping for some ladies. He told me I was strong, he said. I have the strength and power to send Sunday to her knees to beg for some mercy. Dropped a bunch of psych books on a teacher's assistant. Everyone's into Monet, or else they've got Clinton. Wish it didn't have to suck to like a freshman Once upon a time there was a girl who dreamed of flying through the stars. Who dared to resist injustice. Who lived to a beat and a rhythm that was all her own. Her name was Chloe Frida. Oprah. Celia Cruz. Josephine. Greta. Ruth. Alice. One day, she wondered, could today be the beginning of something new? This was her one opportunity to do something. Something big. So, that's exactly what she did. Along the way, she discovered that she wasn't alone. Her body felt strong, her mind sharp. She was prepared to work as hard as it took. Her words were making a real change, and she felt powerful. I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jamila Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio.